Action Park Media. All right, welcome to Ramble On. I mean, we just just left the editing room about 20 minutes ago and our, you know, just so everyone knows how this kind of works, like normally we would have an editor for like six to eight weeks. I had an editor for three days because I wanted John Korn, who who did um, Entourage season one and is awesome. And he told me when he started, I had limited amount of time and we got there and we got a great first cut. And what I want to talk about today is the first cut, which a lot of people, uh, there's a famous saying that people say in Hollywood, your film or your show is never as good as your dailies and never as bad as your first cut. Our first cut is excellent. And now after the screening, what I've done and gone deep diving in for the last eight days is to get every negative thought that I could find from every person that was at that screening. And you know, what happens is, is when you show your movie to a friendly crowd, everybody tells you they love it. Okay. And you got to parse through that. And then what I normally do, which I didn't do this time until late in the game, which is fine, but I get my harshest critics who have no reason to tell me anything, but what they think and how I can improve it. So I did that. and I got my friend, Tyler Mitchell, uh, who I've worked with for many years, who, who started a great company called Impact that any young writers that are interested in getting in the business should check it out. Um, he's worked with Brian Grazer. He's written his own movies, his own shows, and uh, he's just very good at it. And I showed it to him, and he just gave me some very simple things that could quickly help get this thing in better shape. But we didn't have an editor, so we got an editor, Ted, today, <laughs> um, who's a very nice guy, and I just left... A half an hour ago, and he was working on a couple of things, and and they're now on their way to the emergency room at Cedar Sinai. So, uh, yeah, so that's a little um, concerning, and uh, we hope he's going to be okay. I don't even know what's going on. I, I literally just got this call from Gary Goldman, our producer, that he is in the car driving to the ER at Cedars. Now, this is a young guy. He can't be more than 35. Now, hopefully it's not because he hated the show. I mean, oh. It just made him sick. <laughs> well, you just left there. I mean, how, when was there enough time to have any problem? I, I, I don't know what happened, but um, well. it's, it's concerning. But so for you, Ted, I want to I wanna explain to you and the audience. Um, and again, I, I am being 100% sincere with this. I think our screening was a wild success, and I think the reactions were really great. But... I've talked about it on Victory. Maybe I've talked about it on here a little bit. I don't remember. But I, just like when I was doing stand-up comedy, if there is 100 people in that audience and 90 of them are laughing, I am going to seek out the 10 people to find out why they despise me. And what our problem was, and I feel really good about this, aside from the fact that we're potentially thinking about reshooting one scene, Entourage went into HBO. I was very uncertain about it. I thought there was a lot of great stuff, but I just didn't know what anyone was going to say about it. It's, you know, young guys and they're kind of vulgar. And the, the executive that I worked with at HBO had, you know, kind of made it pretty clear to me that this wasn't their highbrow project, that this was a little below that. Um, so I was very insecure when it went in. And in addition to that, they told us Richard Linklater, who's one of the best filmmakers in the world, um, had a show that he shot a pilot, and they said they're only picking up one. It's like they... they it's between you and him. Yeah. And oh. So that was absolutely horrific. For sure. And, you know, for us, we 
got a first cut with an editor in less than 10 days. Not a first cut, almost a complete cut. Because it is going to be, the finished product of the show is going to be 90% what that cut was. But I think it's going to be significantly elevated when we're done. But uh, the Entourage cut went in, and we're waiting day after day, week after week. And nobody's in a hurry. They're doing whatever they're doing there. They got whatever pressure Richard Linkletter, who is a much bigger later. I, I don't even know how you pronounce it, even though I love him. And uh, I actually, um, I just watched, uh, I don't know if it was his latest movie, but did you ever see uh, the baseball movie? Scotty, I don't know if you know what that is, but it's awesome. It's like a college baseball movie. And uh, he's just an amazing. Stealing home? No. <laughs> no. It's, it's just an amazing. Summer catch? No, no. It's Richard Linklater. It's, uh, it's kind of like um, a college baseball team, but a very grounded, realistic, kind of small, little awesome movie that's hmm. like dazed and confused in tone. Um, anyway, he's he's better than me. What are you going to do? Okay. <laughs> so when I heard that it's between us and him, of course, I was in a panic. But then we got back notes. And the two notes we got back from the executive, they hit, the show's picked up. Great. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It was not the show's picked up. Wait. Let me go back for a second. We get a note that they want less Kevin Dillon. And I can say that now, even though I've hid that for a long time. Wow. Breaking um, news right here. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there's some things I've discussed a little bit about this situation. But after the casting session where Kevin Dillon legitimately made people cry, they were laughing so hard at his test. I got a call from a big wig at HBO who said, I don't think Kevin Dillon fits in with this group. Keep looking. And I panicked because I'm like, everything I know on the face of the earth is that this guy is one of the funniest people I've ever seen. So I kind of just sat there in a panic and, and thought about it. And I was like, I really don't believe we can find better. And about three days later, the same big wig at HBO called me up and said, Doug, it's your show. If you want Kevin Dillon, he's yours. And I was like, oh. wow. Okay, now that feels really good if you're Richard Linklater, ladder, because you know you got your confidence. But me, I'm like, oh, boy, they just threw the gauntlet at me. And what I heard was this rumor that Steve Buscemi, one of the great actors of all time, yep. directed a show called Baseball Wives. And he was adamant about having a cinematographer, whoever it was, and they said – we disagree, but it's your show. That was anyway, I don't even know if that's a true story, but that was what I heard. So basically, I'm now living and dying on my selection of Kevin Dillon. Kevin Dillon, all respect to everybody else, but Kevin Dillon and Jeremy, they just popped in the pilot immediately on a level that I'm like, okay, yeah. uh, um, we've got like special stuff. Now, everybody else was great, but they had the big comedy laughs and they delivered them. So then I get the, the call that they, like, don't love Dylan. I should cut him down. And I, that was like a week, two weeks, three weeks of absolute torture of trying to figure out how what the thing that I think is the funniest thing in the show, how I make it smaller. So anyway, we do that, and then we wait week after week after week, stress after stress. So you're getting no feedback whatsoever from your choices. We're getting no feedback, uh -huh. and I don't have another job. I don't and have any money. Like, do they not want it at all anymore? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean. Where is this going? By the way, that's what, of course, yeah. I, am, I am thinking and, and stressing about. But, uh, but ultimately, they call, and they go, you know what? I love Kevin Dillon now. You know, whatever it was. And sometimes it is. Like, sometimes – having a repetition, having something one too many times you go to the same thing. So it might have been the way I edited it. But they said, we love them. We hate the opening. But you're picked up. 
You're picked up, but you need oh. a new opening. Now, I just want to explain different than this show. This show. Are was, you relieved because you get the news that you're you're picked up, or are you like, oh my god, what am I going to do about this opening? No, I I I was. No, I was completely confident because what they said was, we love all the dialogue. We don't like the setting. It was Entourage original opening, which legitimately took me two years of 400 drafts to get to. And I was very adamant that I wanted this to be the opening. I wanted them to be in a, it was, it was uh, Tom Bergens. We've talked about it this on Victory a bunch, but it was Tom Bergens, this very authentic, cool Irish bar on Fairfax in LA. I wanted it to feel like any bar in New York, any Irish bar, so that you just think they're four regular Joes. And when the scene ends, they walk out and there's a limo and paparazzi, and then you're into the Hollywood world. So you're starting very uh, subdued. Yeah. And that's that's what it was. And subdued can also be boring. So if you look at the opening of Entourage with Fred Siegel with Turtle pulling up yeah, in the yellow Hummer and good looking people everywhere and music and life. And you're like, I want to hang out there. You look at the Irish part thing and you're like, well, this is what happens when you go nowhere with life and, <laughs> and goodwill hunting when your life hasn't worked out and, yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. kind of depressed, but you're with your boys. And I guess goodwill hunting was such a big influence on me that probably was, was part of my huh. feeling to just make it really authentic and grounded. Well, that's where friends are, right? Like that's the way you saw it. Like, yeah. This is where they would be authentically hanging out. Right. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I, I did not stand by the choice because the second we thought about it, Fred Siegel was a restaurant that I ate at like four days a week. And I said, wow, let's shoot there. And like, that's the place that every one of my friends, when they come to Hollywood, yep. they go, what the hell is this place? It's like Fantasyland. So we ended up getting that. And obviously Entourage was picked up and then we went on free. The rest is history. So this show, you know, there was a lot of talk about the opening. And, you know, I definitely got... Uh, talked into by um, the the person I brought in to help with the script, who's you know a uh, a writer, uh, to change the opening from what I had. And the original opening I had was actually going to take place at Fred Siegel, and I think that was the wrong instinct. But it was going to connect Entourage instead of Turtle. It was a nod to, to your yeah. Former. Instead of Turtle walking in, it was going to now be a forty-plus-year-old Kevin Connolly with a baby walking yep. in. And to the insiders who really get it, they would get it. But anyway, I'm not sure that that was the right move. But what we did now was definitely the wrong move because everybody was confused by the first two minutes of this, and people don't say that because by the end of it. Yeah, I they're mean they're, on, they're 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 giving you patience in the first couple of minutes just to see where this is going. So. Right, but the buyer is not going to give you patience, no. and the audience may very well not give you patience if you're on TV and you don't have them hooked by the first two minutes. Yep, they may be gone. Yep. So what I've said to you, and and we're gonna get to that in a minute because this unfortunately falls on you at this point. But uh, oh, thanks. You know, um, I, guess, I guess we've had that negotiation then. <laughs> yeah. So, But HBO would, obviously, it's no big deal for them to go spend twenty, fifty, dollars $100,000 to do some reshoots. For us, that's, you know, it's a big deal. But I think it's A, necessary, and now we've really discussed it. I've already written a brand new scene, and we've already done some editing just to the first Two or three minutes is the only thing that's going to change. Almost everything else is yeah. 97% what it was at that screening. and uh, But it's wild to watch people's reactions. And then when you can dig it out, because you've been asking me what's wrong for the last week after the screening, which was a very big success. People were coming over and going, this is amazing. This is that. I couldn't wait for the next episode. Yeah. But I hear the other things. And I felt when I was watching that people were not understanding some certain things and by the questions that they asked me, which is why I think for all writers, directors, it's really important 
when you're giving notes from an executive or from a friend you trust. You really have to listen to what they're saying because they may not be able to express what their problem is, but there may very well be a problem. And when four people tell you that, and, and it's funny because like Steve Bellamy is a president of Kodak who got us all our film. He's obsessed with Entourage and he texted us after and said, I was nervous to see this because I didn't think it could live up to Entourage. And I actually think this is better, uh, more mature and can go a lot wider places. Yeah. Um, so yesterday he texted me, you want to have dinner? I said, I can't, I'm in the editing room. And he's like, why are you fucking with it? And I said, because I know how to make it better. And he said, I don't think you could make it better. And I said, um, it's just the first two minutes. I need to ground this show and make people absolutely understand where they are and what they're watching. And he goes, well, actually, in retrospect, I didn't really love the opening. <laughs> and I'm just like, wait for it. <laughs> why don't you tell me this? Like, why don't you speak up and why don't you say this? So because I've been in bed for like nine days and, you know, Sarah, my girlfriend is like, what's wrong? Everybody loves the show. What I do and why it is such a hard road when you really, when you're obsessive and you do this job, I'm in the shower thinking about how to make it better. I'm in bed going to sleep thinking how to make it better. At 4.30 in the morning, I'm thinking about it. I'm peppering people who watch this with questions. And when they say I loved it, I don't care. And that's why I said, you know, our producer's wife said it was fun. <laughs> and I was like, fun? What the fuck? Like, that's just sounds like a dismissive comment. So anyway, I, I dug in <laughs> and I am a hundred million percent convinced that whatever it was a week ago, yeah, we will make this. It'll be it'll be 10 times better because I, I agree. I mean, just in the first couple of chops we made it it completely reorganizes the story and threads you through there and yeah. based on the scene that we've been discussing to actually yeah redo. and it's the same footage but now we know where the focus of the story is and for anyone who doesn't make films you may not understand well i don't understand how could you not know where the story is sometimes and it's all there but sometimes you need to see it up on its feet and you need to see what's popping you need to see what's not working and yeah. you're able to figure it out but also we just have a really great idea for this first scene that now we can understand but one of the things and it does happen we spent a lot of time because i wanted this first shot to be this one or this elaborate pta martin scorsese shot and and I, we pulled off a nice shot but the truth is why those shots really workers not that they're just great filmmaking shot is that they really tell you the story and i thought i told the story but nobody understood what story i was telling and you know my friend jordan who came in from uh Seattle uh, to watch the thing who also loved the show and did the same exact thing. He said, I didn't understand what the show was for the first two minutes because you had told me what it was. And I was like, okay, I was not expecting this at all. And he said it wasn't until about three minutes in that he, that he was like, okay, this is the show you got me excited about. This yeah. is the show I want to watch. But he also, Jordan did not express that to me for, you know, till I, figured out the right way to ask him because also some people don't want to insult you. And also some people go, even you, by the way, you're like, well, I don't, I haven't done this before, so I don't want to say it. But I, the thing that I am really, I appreciate everyone's opinions. I just appreciate once I say, I heard you, 
I've taken it into every consideration I can. I've tried it or, or I dismiss it out of hand, whatever it is. Then it's got to it's gotta end. Otherwise, you just, you know, because I do include yeah. a lot of people in the process. I have our DP looking at it. I send it to Charlie whenever I make a change and Connolly. Yep. So, you know, you just got to be able to, which I think uh, is one of my skills. I'm able to take 50 people yelling at me and really take in what I think will help. And I know we've done that. So now we get to you. We need a reshoot. We need a, a, an opening scene that establishes very crystal clear what this show is, what it's about, and what the problem is of the, of the pilot episode. And so, we don't believe we have it currently. I know we don't have it currently. I'm right. not sure what you believe yet. I said no, no, to I, you. I, I, we don't believe we have it currently. Okay. Because I, like I said, for the audience, like imagine the Breaking Bad opening was just what I said to Ted. I go, imagine the Breaking Bad opening, which anyone who watches the show knows how amazing it is. He's in this uh, RV. He's in his underwear. He's running, whatever, videoing. The cops are chasing him. Imagine none of that was happening and he was just standing in the street and doing nothing. That's how I feel our opening is right now. Just a guy standing in the street for two minutes doing nothing because nobody grabbed onto that opening. Nobody was excited for what was next. People were confused, and they had to get their groundings back. Yeah. And that is a terrible thing. And you know, one of the things, like my DP said, Dave Perkle, he said, dude, this show's amazing. It's good enough. You just show it to them and you tell them what we want to change. And I said, no, we no. show them that we are know how to make this an arable pilot that is good yeah. enough. And this is not uncommon. This happens in everything from Scorsese. I told you when we were finished, I said, you know, I don't think we're going to have any reshoots, which is very, very rare. But now we do. So how are you? What are you thinking about that? Uh, well, for me at this moment, I feel great. Uh, when you first, when we first talked about it, obviously hearing some of the feedback that we have, you know, ultimately I think part of the reason why you and I get along so well when it comes to, uh, work, especially you want it to be the best that it can be how you got it there. I mean, obviously you don't want to go broke doing it, yeah. but it doesn't matter who gave you the feedback. It doesn't matter how it was received. Doesn't matter if they screamed it or sent a telegram in the end, you go, Okay, that's a that's an improvement. But the realization that oh, we have to do something but not yet have that figured out. That at first I'm not going to lie, like that was my first and I even said it to you on the phone the other night. That was my first moment where I was like oh, hang on a second. Now you had a Maybe. fucking meltdown last night. No, and you I, melted I me down. I, I and before be bed, it's like the worst you are, thing you, you do. Were, anyway. You were saying that I, I didn't have a meltdown. I, I just was like, You were hysterical. Oh, all right. If you, were, if you were a small child. <laughs> yes, I was you crying. You I was screaming. I was throwing my fist on the ground. You would have needed a timeout. Hysterical. Yeah. So, I, uh, well, let's talk about it. We'll back up from the beginning of it. When, when you first gave me the feedback that Tyler had given you, I was like, well, that's all great feedback, but what are we doing? That was my moment of like, oh God, because I, I didn't understand what that process even would look and, like and, or what and, it would and mean. And as De Niro says in Goodfellas, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? <laughs> Nothing big. I told you, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't buy anything big. What, what, what did I tell you? But anyway, I told you that it's all there besides the opening scene. Yes. It's all there. And, and look, it sucks. It sucks to realize and it happens all the time as a writer to realize when you spend so much time and sometimes you get you get lost or, or someone gives you a suggestion and you go down a wrong path. But what's so important, and I've talked about it on this podcast, 
You need to, in the first three minutes of a 30-minute pilot, you need to let people know what this show is about, what the problem is, and who's the main character. You just do. Well, you're inviting them into a journey, and they don't want to spend 30 minutes figuring out which journey am I getting on. So yeah. you got to grab them. And just like anything else, like when you're you're pitching anything, and, and to get back to your comment that you said about uh, our, our DP, Dave Perkle, who's great. Like, oh, you can just explain this and it'll be fine. No, like the whole point of us doing this pilot and shooting it is we don't want to explain it and we don't want to pitch it. We want yeah. you to see it. Right. And it has to be the best thing possible. You know, I used to be in the manufacturing business. Like you don't go to your trade show or show your customer a drawing or, uh, well, you just have to imagine this car with wheels on it or uh, this these doors missing is not a big deal. Like you, you want them to see what they're going to see and fall in love with it as opposed to can, convince them to at least give you a second shot to fall in love with it. Right. And that's not what we're going to get here in most likelihood. We're not going to get first four or five meetings with all the biggest streaming platforms or networks or whoever might be available to see it. Uh, you're, they're not going to be like, well, this is good, but let us know when you're ready. Yeah. Like, we're either, we're either going to walk in and they're going to go, we love this thing, we want it, or they're not. There's and also a huge difference because when they make a pilot like HBO made Entourage, they have a huge investment, both in time and money already. Right. So they have a reason to want to salvage it and if they believe yeah, they Yeah, we'll can. give you a second chance to come back here. Yeah, like, but not if, here. They're, if they're getting a show that they have never heard about and have no reason to want to buy, and it's also going to take over for shows they already have that they've worked on. That's right. Like, it's got to be great. And so what I did, which Well, I, it's also, a, it's, I don't want to call it an audition uh, per se, especially for you because you're so accomplished but in this business. But it is, it is. But in the end, and they want to know that they're betting on us as a production team yep. that we can deliver. Yeah. Not, well, we were close, but we'll explain you the rest. Right. They want yeah. to know, oh, these people know what they're doing. It's a great show. It's a great cast. It's great writing. It's great energy. They, they don't want to have yeah. like a, well, in the first two minutes, and and they explained it, so we're okay with it. Yeah. There's and no and, and I that. said what I did, which I recommend to all writers, directors, whatever. I wrote the scene before I really even spoke to you. I just went. I sat down. Yeah. I wrote what I thought needed to be the opening. And I sent it to you. So I so I don't have to try to explain to you. I said, this is what we need. Obviously, it costs everything costs money when you're making a film with yep. a professional crew. But I tried to keep it as simple as I could, and I tried to keep it as small as I could. I know I like I want this actor, uh I don't know if you pronounce his name, Tremel. Tremel Tillman, I think is his name from Severance. I just I want this guy. I have the scene, I know what it is. And I'd like uh, to take a little credit for that. How so? Because well, when that? we were talking about the bank manager, I'm like, you know who could play this? Oh, I think you recommended it. I did. I think you get all the credit. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I only want a part of it. Well, and, and by the way, when I said how so, I will never take away credit from anybody. No, but you're, I am. You're, you are honestly, you were one of the the most generous. It, it's not even generous. You are the most unegotistical. I also, I also credit. really try to let everybody know what I think they did, and and I honestly, I'm so tired right now that I literally forgot that conversation. I remember now exactly where it was. But I've just been, I've been exhausted because, you know. Well, you're thinking 24 hours. Yeah. When and you're this, awake, you're, you're thinking about that. And this is why some people, like a lot of people go, why didn't you make another show? Um, it's, 
it's all encompassing to me, and I don't yeah, for know. For you, it's totally consuming. Yeah, and honestly, I'm being very serious. I don't know how to do it any other way because the reality is I've busted my ass, and we don't have a good opening right now. I know we're going to fix it, but if I didn't spend all this time and I didn't sit there when everybody else was celebrating and eating fucking Dr. Sheikah's brownies at the party, and I was sitting there. I never got one, by the way. We have the footage of me pacing. I was listening to everything I could. And I mean, for real, I was feeling... No, you, you were. I, I even asked you. I said, are you... Are you, you know, it was your birthday that night as well. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, great birthday. Are you okay? Like, yeah. like I gotta you, tell you look you. like somebody stole your bike. Like, I gotta <laughs> tell you, it did not play like the U2 concert that we shot in Entourage, which was my birthday when we filmed that, which was yeah. one of the greatest nights of my life. This night was not good, not because... It was because I knew there was a problem. Yeah. And honestly, Tyler really, Tyler Mitchell really solidified it. And it's so simple. But sometimes you need someone to unlock the simplest key, especially what happened with us. We have a whole crew who's been inside of this thing. We've moved at a lightning pace. And everybody does really love it. Like, they're not no, no. making it's, it it's up. It's legit and it's authentic. They, yeah. they love it. But they weren't willing to dive in. And even some of our, my insiders, including you... When I drilled you with more and more questions, I got back. Well, I didn't. I didn't want to say anything because I don't do this. I got from someone else. Well, listen, I'm not a writer. I got. Well, it's your show. I'm like, bro, insult me to the max until I tell you you're a dummy and I don't care what you have to say because I do care what everyone has to say. But at the same time, I know how to. Just digest it and then spit it back out how, in a way that we can fix it. And we're very, very lucky because it's all there. I can't tell you. I was telling you about this earlier. But like the all, of, all the family pilot, which, you know, I don't know what our audience is, young or old, but one of the great television shows of all time. That was reshot three times. Rob Reiner, one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. Well, and one of the great characters of TV. He was not even the original guy. Right. Neither was the, it was his wife in the original. So things happen. We have the cast. We have the story. We have the filmmakers because it looks great. We will not have my PTA shot, though. It will, will not be in the show. It will not be in the show. Are, are you upset about that? Of course not. Oh, I, I okay, am all good. about, I am legitimately, I have, I cut back scenes of myself in Entourage when all I ever wanted to do was be a performer. I'm like, they're not good. Yeah, it's not moving the story it's along. It's not helping. I'm not performing up to the level of the other people here. So no, I am I am absolutely ruthless. It's the reason why whatever anyone thinks about the Entourage movie, it was 96 minutes. My director's cut, which almost never happens. Directors usually hand in two-hour cuts of movies that have no business being that level. Sometimes powerful directors get them in theaters when they have no business being that length. So I am... Um, what I was always proud about with Entourage is, and, and we still had that at the thing. Everybody wanted the next episode. Everybody, yeah. even the people who hated well, the first three I, I, you know, Regardless of how we may have opened the show, we closed the show extremely strongly, right. making you go, God, I, I, I would binge 10 episodes of this right, right. now. But I think always the case is when, when something's 31 minutes, there's a pretty good chance at 28 minutes the same story is going to play a lot better, and I don't just mean faster. Because no, you were. That's exactly what you said. Yeah, you're just you're you're hanging on to every every moment of it. So, I listen. I, you know, not to explain it, but I, I know the way I feel in this process today. Working with you is different, even four weeks ago. Like meaning, we have a different relationship because I'm understanding not only 
the way this whole thing works, but also the way you work and the way you like to work. Yeah. And there are, you know, like anything in life, I mean, it, it kind of is what creates the gray area between all of us when we communicate. Part of the reason why I don't say something is, first of all, you have a very strong sense about you. You have a strong sense about what works, about what doesn't work, what you like to hear, what you don't like to hear. So when I come to you as an intelligent person, I want to give you something that I think will work for you, not, well, I just, I have some feelings. Yeah. And when I saw certain things play out in the pilot, I did have visceral reactions to it that when you, and especially the person who you brought in to help you, you know, clean up the script a little. Yeah. In the end, I did not, uh, I did not, I did not think that it was my place to say, I've decided that I'm going to second guess you yeah. at that stage. Now, now we've seen it. And now I also know how you work and how you want certain pieces of feedback and how you sort it. I think you would have just liked me to say, I don't know what it is. Something bothers me. Yeah, yeah. Even just saying that you yeah. would have, cause you would have tried to dig into that. Even if you weren't digging into it with yeah. me, um, now that I know that, and now that I, I have a little different level of comfort saying something to you about those types of things. I know now that I have to speak up as soon as I have a feeling, regardless yeah. of what that feeling is, I, I whether it's, it I love this or the most, uh, the most important, I don't thing, know why, like in, in anything, the most important thing is crystal clear communication. And again, like the original entourage pilot that was written, they walked out of a movie theater and turtle kept saying how bad the movie was. Now the movie was finished. It was over. It was released. So repeating that over and over and over is just awful and annoying. Yeah. And Eric was, he was continually telling Turtle enough. Then Vince was like, Turtle, enough. And he finally shut up. And, and Vince was a different character. He was more of a Wahlberg guy. And he was like, Turtle, if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm going to throw you out of the limo, which is very different than the Vincent Chase that yes. he ultimately became. But what happens was he, he pipes down because he's funny, yeah. but he can't control his mouth. And then they're driving and they pull up next to three beautiful women and they all get in and they go, how was the premiere? And Turtle goes, it sucked. <laughs> Cut to Turtle standing on the side of the road at sunset and the, the limo drives away and leaves him there. Now we now know the entourage that exists now. Vince would never throw Turtle out of a car and Turtle would also never be that insensitive to him where right. he continued to do that. But what I can take away, and look, one of my good friends at the screening, someone that I, I trust, they were like, they had a couple of drinks in them. Yeah. And the comment was, the show's amazing, but I know what it needs, but I don't know that you're going to want to hear it. Now, that That's is, annoying. it's so condescending, so arrogant, and so stupid, but it also... It doesn't leave me with anything except for, well... Uh, now I'm feeling insecure about whatever you just saw, and I have no clue what I'm even supposed to address. Yeah, and by the way, <laughs> I have not spoken to him about these changes. No. I will bet everything I have that this will address every single one of his thoughts because I have now... I've analyzed it. I've spoken to everybody, and... You know, at the end of the day, the story is the story. Yeah. So hopefully you like that story, but there is a way to tell things. And what I said to you earlier, which is so important as a writer and as a director, as whatever, when you are on story and you start getting away from that, there better be a reason that is so good, which is it's so funny that there's no way you yeah, can you cut hit it. Hit me with something that I got. I, I love it. Or it's illuminating character in some way that's so important. And especially right. or in some a, foreshadowing moment or yeah, something. Yeah. Like and that. especially in a pilot, you absolutely need to make sure that by the end of this pilot, everybody is with your main characters. They know who they are and they are 100% with them. 
Breaking Bad. You know by the end of that, he Walter White's got cancer. He's dying. He's got a child who's got um, um, MS or whatever he has. Yeah, cerebral and, palsy, I think. Yeah, and, and he has to leave something for his family because he right, is you a know right away with nothing. The, what motivates the entire nine whatever seasons there were exactly so and and you know entourage in a similar fashion you know that there's there's this movie star who might throw it all away because he trusts his childhood friends more than the expert in the business and he's gonna make this a push-pull between them to see if they screw up the whole world so it's just it's imperative and i showed you today so what happened last night just so everyone knows Look, I have. I'm, He's calling it a meltdown, by the way. I'm an emotional guy as well. But at 10 o'clock at night, I just got. What we did yesterday was really difficult. We get a new editor who's never seen the show yeah. and doesn't know anything about the footage. Poor, poor guy, by the way. Hopefully, yeah. he didn't contribute to whatever's going on. God willing, thing. he's God willing, he is okay. Yeah, but. So we're sitting there and we're really trying to catch him up on, on what this is, what might be in the, in the bins and, and whatever. And I wanted to try some extreme stuff, which I always do because if I know the first two minutes isn't working, it doesn't matter. Like I can, I can just fuck with it until. So anyway, we did that and we made some choices that sometimes when you're it's getting late. You start to do things that seem like they're genius, and then you get home. But I got home after I had a meal and after I had some time. And the meeting. Yeah, and meanwhile, I'm, this is live, but I'm going to take this. Jeremy, I'm in the middle of the podcast. Is he okay? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Gary's still with him, or they're sending him there. They're not sure. I think hopefully he's okay. So. Uh, All right. Well, let me know, and I, and I will call you back uh, as soon as I'm done here. Got it. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks. So. Wow. Live streaming updates. Oh, it's it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, he's a young, skinny, healthy looking guy. Beyond healthy. So anyway, um, we did some experimental stuff. I got home. I took a shower. I ate some food and I watched it and it took me all of 90 seconds to realize it didn't work. And I started texting everybody not to watch it. I already knew what to do. And then I spoke to Ted, which was just... Which, by the way, you did not text me saying that. Well, you already watched it, so I didn't even... Well, whatever it was. I just was trying to watch TV. I don't remember what I was watching. But but then Ted called me. And look, here's the thing. I'm an emotional guy as well. And I am... You know, I I have all my Uh chips into this thing. And I want it to work, but sometimes I just need my brain to check out. So Ted, you know, you wanted to repeat kind of like uh, Sarah sometimes does. Maybe you, maybe you had already had an edible. <laughs> your you your mind to, had already gone to another place. You wanted to obsess about the thing I already said that didn't work, which was the the, the double cutaway. And you wanted to say it's it's terrible. The whole thing sucks. And you no. looked so depressed and sad that I was like, you started making me think that everything I thought four minutes earlier, which is. I literally believe I can go to the editing room tomorrow in uh, in in 20 minutes. I can not only undo what we did, but I can make what we had originally much much better. By the way, this is not what happened last oh, night totally, at all. That's exactly what happened. I, I it was it, really. like being in severance. I, I I called you, and you said, "Well, what do you think?" And I no, said, "I don't no, think no. anything." 
I don't think anything that we did worked. We started with text like, messages. I can what read is them. this? There's so everything is by the so way. Ted, Ted has been like for for three months. You're a genius. I trust you. I love everything <laughs> you're doing. Last night he looked like he was gonna cry and have to sell his <laughs> one of his not, children to pay for those, this. None thing. of that happened. So, what I did say was I was like, uh, could you you had re without needing reassuring yesterday you had reassured me everything we need is there. It's all good. Uh, this conversation is over. Gonna work. This conversation is over. It's in text, okay? Yeah, read it. The cut is too short. It does not work right now for sure. Now, to me, that was literally the end of the conversation. Ted responds. Uh, Wait, that's you. That's you saying? That's what I said. At what? At what point? At eleven thirty-one. I don't want. I don't want to go through this. You don't. Uh, just let me read it. It's uh, here. On. You can look later. Don't. Don't fuck it up. Ted writes back. By the way, just so everyone knows, I go to sleep at 10 o'clock every night. So it's now about 1130 and I'm exhausted. Ted, wait, get off your phone. I have it. I think pretty much all of these end cuts are terrible. The line in my kitchen is strange. The audio is off and not matching. Not sure that any of this works. No, okay. not sure they can do anything about right, that. I changed that a little bit. You, okay. Right, yeah, <laughs> see? Uh, <laughs> the whole story's been exaggerated all for right. dramatic purposes. It's, it's slightly exaggerated, but then I made the mistake for no reason of getting on the phone with him. And if you saw his face... <laughs> Your face looked like you, like you literally looked like the SEC just raided your computers and you did something wrong. It was like, what? You know, I said, Ted, you understand that anything we did today can already go back because to be honest, and I'm not being, you would have already gone out with this show and I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. You liked the show enough a week ago to feel like we're well, ready. I like the show for sure. I'm going to like it even more knowing what we're going to do about but it. But all I'm saying is you weren't sitting there going, we're not ready. We're not ready. We're not ready. We need this. We need this. No, I was not saying that. I no. was going like, I know we had these fucking agents that came to the house that, that didn't like effuse joy. They were like, yeah, it's really great. But they gave me a couple of things that gave me exactly what I'm saying. The clarity that we did not hook them in the first two minutes and they were confused and, and lots of people were asking questions. So I 100% know how to fix this. I 100% know you're going to have to pay for it. <laughs> and then uh, we're, we're, we're going to be in, in good shape. But um, I do think, though, you would agree with what I said. I said, Ted, just give me a half an hour tomorrow morning. I went to the editing room. I said, come at 11 a.m., I believe, now we don't have our new opening scene, but it's the minute and a half after that. Yeah. It is by far the best that it has been, correct? I 100% agree with it, with that. I don't 100% agree with the hysterics uh, of the night before. I will <laughs> say that I said for sure, this isn't working, and the the for me, whatever panic may exist is out of inexperience saying, I don't know whether the things that I'm seeing are problems are fixable problems. You Pretty have much all of these cuts are terrible. Yeah, agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because because but I already said it we, doesn't work. No, 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 but but everything that we everything that we did felt decent in the editing process. Then we got the actual cut, and I'm going, I'm hearing different things. I don't know what's going on. What like why is this so short? So, uh, but I don't know that you're in your mind. You're going. I've got a way of figuring that out because in my mind, I've never been in the situation where I have oh, to figure this out I, before. So I, I'm going, I had such, because uh, now I, now here's where I am as of last night at 1130. We all agree. We need to fix and, and, and 
update and, and upgrade the show. Great. The attempt we made yesterday wasn't really working. Not great. So going back to, hey, now that we've all identified that we don't love this product, we like it a whole lot, but we don't love it. We want to improve it. And I don't know if we can improve it. I'm you stuck know, in the I'm stuck in the, way, the in way, the limbo hell. All right, just so just so you know, now let me have a second now. You're almost hysterical right now. But what I'm saying is <laughs> at eleven thirty one, I texted you this doesn't work, and I had peace <laughs> and clarity. By eleven thirty nine, you had put me into such a panicked state. No, I, actually, I shouldn't say that because my therapist would always tell me, nobody can control your emotions. Exactly. Only you can control your emotions. But I guess what I'm saying is I thought I had it fixed. And once you started talking, you, I got, you got scared. I got scared yeah. that maybe I have no idea what I'm doing. And I did not go to sleep till 4 o'clock in the morning. And I replayed every cut as I saw it in my head, knowing that every take was there, including, by the way, which I don't know if, if you, you spotted this, but I told them to grab a shot on the day that a couple of people told me we did not need. I put that in the cut today. Nobody has ever I seen only that. noticed that you had, because I wasn't, I was here the whole time we shot every single frame. Yeah. But there were moments where you may have left the chair, I may have done this, and I didn't even see you grab that. So when I right. saw it, I was like, where the fuck did this come from? And like, for real, I believe it saves No, and by the, the way, scene. now you're telling me I grabbed it because just in case, that's that's the experience factor. That's the, oh, I, not, I need to do a bunch of things so I have stuff later but that also, bails me out. But and- the experience also is, and for everybody making films, the best thing you could do with your filmmaker, writer, director is keep noise away from them so they can they can do what I do, which is think at all times and be willing to hear everything, but then let it go. So I needed that gone last night, which I'm just going to bring back this story because it happened before. And as you learn, you're going you're, you're gonna to improve on this. And you're also going to improve on knowing that Doug's a hysterical human also. Oh, well, so I probably should do my best <laughs> to keep the motherfucker calm. So Listen, but, I would like to cre- take credit. Whatever ended up happening afterwards from 11.30 till 4 a.m. that you actually got focused and yeah. figured it out, I'd like to think that our conversation was part of the motivation that made you stay I'm, away. I'm sure it did. So <laughs> thank you for ruining my sleep and helping the cut. But about eight, nine weeks ago when we were doing rewrites, I was just focused on story, and I sent Ted a thing right before I went to bed. I said, I, I, Ted, I don't even know if you're capable of doing this because, by the way, I may not be. If I read a script with shitty dialogue, I, I won't even be able to get through it. But I said, I'm just trying to parse together uh, s- the story. And there might even be literally, sometimes I write like uh, Jimmy says, blah, blah, blah. Because yeah. I know I'm going to fill it in with something. So I go, I don't want to hear one word about the dialogue, only if something about the story strikes you. I woke up at 7 a.m. He stayed up till 3. He sent me the entire script with rewrites of every line of my dialogue, which I will say, again, to my credit, if you did that, I, I know I haven't worked in years, but if you did that to any other Emmy-nominated writer that I could come up with, Agreed. they'd never speak to you again in life. But I wasn't mad at you. You just depressed me to the point that I woke up and was like, <laughs> am I a fucking hack? Like, this is the worst but, thing. And so. by the way, uh, let's explain that as well. Yeah, yeah. You and I speak, on average, 
eight to 10 hours a day. <laughs> I, I for sure am speaking with you way more than my children, way more than my wife. It, it, uh, you and I are speaking all the time. We're here together all the time. We're, we're con in constant contact. When you and I share something like that, you say, hey, what do you think of this? Normally, I'm able to take whatever you've given me, look at it, read it, watch it, whatever that may be, and give you immediate feedback. It was late. It was like midnight when you sent it, and I was unable to do that. Mm. The only way I could capture my train of thought because I don't have the I didn't have yeah. the the editing yeah. software for the script. <laughs> thank I, God. No, I, be, <laughs> no, it's not thank God. The reason why I had to write it out was because I wanted you to see my notes where they belong at that moment. I wasn't going to be able to remember eight hours later when we spoke. Uh, no, I got it. I didn't. I didn't. So. I, I didn't. I didn't want that. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I think this is actually though. You know, this is a really good lesson because we almost are right now. Look, I put a little bit of money in this, which was a lot of money up until a month ago when the budget just ballooned, and now like my money is an embarrassment next to Ted's money. So my point to this is for writers, directors, and anybody else, Ted is essentially the studio here. And at the end of the day, you know, forgetting my money at the end of the day, if the show sucks and everybody hates it, yeah, I'm embarrassed and people go, you suck, but Ted is out money. And that's why I think that for all emotional artists, whatever you want to call yourself, you have to respect the money and you have to understand. And again, that's not that he's done anything to make me, uh, make me, um, do what he wants where a studio no. may. But my point is your emotional state is very real and very worth like my respecting. But at the same I time, appreciate that. That's very but at the same time, I am like, my brain is so in this, that my, this is why I go. And this is why I didn't work for years because I'm like, if I really can't solve this, I suck and I have no purpose on this planet because this is the purpose I think. I wasn't sadly put on this planet to be a professional athlete like I hoped or a, a rock star. This is really what I was meant to do. And it is really, really hard. And you have to, you know, again, and this has been the easiest production process that I've ever been involved in. But still, the amount of, I have put more thinking hours into this project than anything else I've done in the last 20 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's, it's processing power. And some people, by the way, are able to do it. I've watched them when you see, you know, when you see whatever Jay-Z freestyle, or you see this and you just go, okay, whatever. I, I can't do that. Writing a script usually is such hard work and getting in there and taking every question of logic and driving story. The easy part is the characters and the comedy. For me, the hard part is to make sure that people are on board with what your story is. And the truth is, I, I can't say that you don't have a movie because sadly there's a lot of an audience that will watch a crappy story if there's a lot of cool visual effect. I won't. I need... Good story first. Like when I talk great action movies like True Lies or Terminator are movies that I just go, these die are hard. The, die hard. These are great because the story's great and the action's great. When I see the the crappy ones where you just see a lot of blowing up stuff. Not a big fan of John yeah. Claude Van Damme then? Eh, probably not. You know? So, but anyway, that's the hopefully the 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 teaching lesson for the day and the emotional lesson is really try to keep it in check because if you know you have it on the on the on the set, you have it in the editing room. 
You just have to make sure, and that's why I say on the set, especially my sets, it can start to get very casual and very relaxed. But the truth is, I work in distraction, but at the same time, I'm I'm thinking about a lot of things while I seem to be kind of calm and casual. And it's really important to let everybody who's doing their jobs do that so nothing gets lost. Because if you get in the editing room, which I now 100% believe the only thing we don't have in the editing room is what wasn't on the page. And there's nothing you can do about that. So we're going to have to get it. So I, uh, I also learned something through this process, I think. I'm seeing now the relationship between script and final show and the process that you have to go through to get there. There's a lot of choices you can make when you're writing that don't box you in in those places where there's editing. Like being very specific, the more specificity you have about something, the harder it is to undo that in editing. Yeah, but the right. more specificity you have about things, usually the better it is. Now, yeah. when you lock yourselves into timelines and things like that, right. but, you know, we're, we're talking about something because there's just one thing I want to reverse scenes that weren't written in that order, that actually they were originally. In, the, in my You're original right. script, they were, and then things came in between them, but... Um, we have it all, and unfortunately, which we'll leave it on this, our our editor, I pray to God he's okay. Yeah. Um, I don't have any idea what happened. I left, and he looked great. And yeah, half fine. an hour later, they were on their way to the hospital. So let's all say a prayer for him. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we'll, we'll give a new update next week. But I feel for the work-wise, the first four minutes of this show, including the scene that is written and not shot, are going to elevate the next 25 minutes on a whole other planet. So and I'm, I'm super excited to bring this new scene together, regardless of what it might end up costing. I was going to say us, but me. Uh, <laughs> that I I think I it'll be, you know, look, in the end, God only knows how much it's going to cost, but whatever it is, a 5% additive, a 10% additive, a 15% additive, I'm already in the in the poker game of life. I'm I'm pot committed. I'm already going to stick with it. Yeah. I, by the way, I was going to stick with it no matter what. But the reality is, is that I believe in in what we have already so yeah. strongly that anything that's going to improve that, I'm in for. I got to tell you, if, if my idea works, this actor from Severance. Um, Oh not, man! If we can get him, you're that, not, that's you're gonna, not, you didn't play into my thing. See what I did? Yeah, you you try to take credit for yeah, it, but yeah, sometimes so. I like to let you you know do your thing. But anybody, anyway, everybody, whether you watch Severance or not, check it out because this guy, um, which I, I gave his name earlier, but um, Tremel Tillman, this guy is phenomenal, and the way I saw Harvey Guillen on one scene in Reacher. Yeah. And said, you know, that's my guy. Uh, we've talked about this before. I said, again, I thought I was doing him a favor. I called <laughs> Sheila Javi and said, uh, hey, this we'll kid from him. This kid <laughs> from Reacher. And she's like, you're never going to get him. And really, if you've seen, by the way, the reaction to Harvey in the show was off the charts, off the charts. Perfect. But every day he's got another job yeah. and big jobs like he is on like four shows in a Marvel movie and he's phenomenal and Reacher's a great job. But anyway, we'll leave it there. Be back next week with, I believe, a real plan for our our one day reshoot, and hopefully we can get this thing locked and loaded before, well, before May tenth, May fifteenth. We'll see. But and anyway. I'm gonna have to see my pimp over the weekend to make sure we can pay for it. Good, good. Ramble on. Bye.